Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Did you know that studies show us that individuals who have a consistent mentor investing in their lives are 59% more likely to get better grades, and they're 78% more likely to volunteer? Did you know that individuals who have a consistent mentor investing in their lives are 95% more likely to attend post-secondary education? And when they get into their careers, they're five times as likely to be promoted. Did you know that people who have mentors that are investing in their lives are nine times more likely to follow through on a commitment that they have made? And probably the most impressive study is that individuals who have a mentor investing in their life are 90% more likely to mentor someone else in the future. You see, mentorship matters because mentorship goes beyond the moment and pushes that individual into their future, propelling them farther than they could ever have gotten on their own. But what makes a good mentor? How do you find a good mentor? And how would you become a good mentor? Well, those are excellent questions, and I'm so glad that you're asking them. Today, we're going to take a look at a story in the Bible about a couple named Aquila and Priscilla. And Aquila and Priscilla proved to be some exceptional mentors to some, a bunch of young leaders. Now, one of these leaders that they mentored was the famous Apostle Paul. Now, in fact, they were so influential in Paul's life that he wrote this about them on his deathbed. He says this, say hello and thank you to Priscilla and Aquila. They have worked hand in hand with me in serving Jesus, and I'm not the only one who is grateful to them. All the believers also owe them plenty. What an honor it probably was to receive a note like that after years of investing into someone's life. It's obvious that their impact on his life was never forgotten because Paul goes on to credit them not only on impacting his own life, but impacting all the believers. But see, the beginning of this mentoring journey started a long time before Paul ever wrote that note. It started many years before in the book of Acts, chapter 18, where our story starts today. So let's read that. It says this, Then Paul left Athens, and he went to Corinth. There he became acquainted with Aquila and Priscilla. They had left Italy when Claudius Caesar deported all the Jews from Rome. Paul lived and worked with them, for they were tent makers just as he was. And Paul stayed there for the next year and a half, teaching the word of God. So first, let me tell you a little bit about who Paul is. You see, Paul used to go by a different name, and his name was Saul. And when his name was Saul, his job was actually to destroy all of God's people. Then one day, God reveals himself to Saul so dramatically that it changes his life forever. And on that day, God gives him a new name, which is Paul. 
Now, Paul has a new job. His job as a follower of Jesus is to share the good news with everyone and go everywhere and build the church. See, Paul's transformation is one of the wildest in all of the Bible. The man who persecutes Christians ends up becoming the man to lead them. It's incredible, but that's not today's story. You see, today's story focuses on Aquila and Priscilla. So let's recap what we know about them. Now, if you are a visual learner, I asked my kids if they would draw us some pictures to help us understand about Aquila and Priscilla, and this is what they came up with. So this is Aquila and Priscilla. This is Priscilla right here, and then we got her husband, Aquila. Now, Priscilla, she's an interesting individual because Priscilla comes from an aristocrat family, a very, very important family. So my kids, they drew a family crest. She had a very important family. And often in the Bible, her name actually comes before her husband's name, which is unique, but it means that she, her family just had more importance than his family. Now, Aquila, her husband... He is from a Jewish family, so we drew a star of David. Aquila is a Jew, and he married Priscilla, and they lived in Italy, and at some point, they do leave their home in Italy, and they move to Corinth. And so Priscilla and Aquila, they are tent makers by trade, and so we have a tent right there. Isn't it so good? My kids did such a good job. Look at Priscilla, the details we have. She's got shoes. She's a fashionable young woman. We got Aquila, and he's got a goatee going on. These are some impressive people, and they are tent makers. That's their job. That's their career. And so when they arrive in Corinth, what they do is they set up a tent-making shop, and they begin working inside the community. And it's at that time that they meet Paul. And Paul is so happy to meet Aquila and Priscilla. And they invite Paul actually to work for them and live with them. And the three of them spend 18 months in Corinth. And what happens is during that time, Paul decides to plant a church. And Aquila and Priscilla, they open up their home and they allow Paul and they help Paul plant the church within their home. And then over the next 18 months, Aquila and Priscilla become some of the greatest mentors in all of Paul's life. So much so that Paul mentions them often and years later, crediting them for having a significant impact on his life. Now, to help us understand why they had such an impact on his life, let's go back and take a little bit of a deeper look at today's text. Sometimes we can read the Bible and we might miss something if we're reading it a little bit fast. And there's actually a key in today's text that's going to help us understand why Aquila and Priscilla were such great mentors. It says this, that's our text, but look at the yellow part. It says, they had left Italy when Claudius Caesar deported all the Jews from Rome. See, there was a reason that they had actually left Italy. They didn't choose to go. It was forced upon them. See, in those days, Claudius Caesar, he ruled over Rome. And Claudius, he noticed that the Jewish numbers were increasing in his country, and it made him nervous. And so as a result, he made a decree to expel all the Jews from Rome. Now, because of this, Aquila and Priscilla, because Aquila was a Jew, they had to leave, and all their Jewish family, they had to leave, and they were forced to leave their homes in Rome and seek refuge elsewhere. I want you to think about that for a second. Thousands of people forced to abandon their homes and their businesses, the only lives 
that they had ever known. Now, unfortunately, this is not a foreign concept to us, is it? Because just this past year, we have watched as 15 million Ukrainian people have been forced to take a similar journey away from their homes and seek refuge in other countries. See, the extreme unfairness of the ongoing reality in Ukraine, millions of innocent people being forced to leave everything behind and flee for their lives, is actually very similar to what Aquila and Priscilla were enduring when they were deported from their home by Claudius Caesar. And it was all because Aquila was a Jew. I wonder how often in life are we given opportunities to grow bitter? Aquila and Priscilla, they knew hard times. They had walked that difficult journey away from their home. It certainly would have been understandable if they kind of felt bitter from their experience. They had endured so much hardship in such a short time. See, this could have easily become that thing. You know what I'm talking about? That thing that they held on to. The thing they would talk about the rest of their lives. It would be understandable if this became the story that they would share around dinner tables, sitting down at the fire, the grievances that they would air to anybody that would stop and listen. I wonder, have you ever come across those type of people? The people who love to share their grievances and relive their pain at every moment that presents itself. I wonder, have you sat in circles where people try to outdo each other by sharing about their own grief and how others have wronged them? Here's the interesting thing about Priscilla and Aquila. They didn't do that. They haven't let their hearts grow hard, even after all that they had endured. See, as we continue to read through the Bible, it is obvious that Aquila and Priscilla have been on a healing journey as well. And as a result, everything that Aquila and Priscilla are involved in becomes life-giving. Shortly after their friendship with Paul, that new church is birthed out of their very own home and hundreds of people are impacted with the hope of who Jesus is. See, even though they had walked through difficult seasons, Aquila and Priscilla had stewarded their grief well. Which brings me to my first point. Great mentors steward their grief well. See, the truth is that we all walk through hard seasons, don't we? We all have chapters in our story where someone else has wronged us. Chapters in our life where we have been hurt. We will all have situations in our lives where through no fault of our own, things just haven't gone our way. But we are all given a choice on how we want to react to those situations. Just like Aquila and Priscilla, we're given an opportunity to steward our grief. Now, the Bible teaches that we are stewards of the things that are inside of our hands. This, of course, includes all the good things like our relationships, our money, the gifts that God has given to us, the time that God has given to us on the earth. And we're called to steward all of these things really, really well, to spend them well. But it also includes the difficult things. See, you and I, we have an opportunity to steward everything well in our lives, even the less than ideal situations. The truth is that when we walk through difficult seasons, we always have two choices. The first is this. We can choose to remain camped in those hurtful chapters. We can relive 
the hurt over and over. We can share it with someone who will listen, anyone who will listen. We can tell everybody about it so everybody knows that we've been wronged. And we can allow our hearts to become hardened and bitter with each conversation that we have where we air out our grievances. Or, two, we can be honest about our grief and our pain. You know, we can be open and we can share it with people that we trust to pray with us, to come alongside of us. And that's the key there. In the first one, what we do is we, we tell everybody. I let everybody know what's going on. Tell everybody how I've been hurt. But in the second one, we tell it to trusted people, people who we know will come alongside of us and pray with us, people who will pray alongside of us that God would come and heal those chapters in our lives. And the beautiful thing about this second option is actually that when we're honest about our pain, that actually allows God to bring healing to those chapters and move us on to new seasons. And God can also take those difficult circumstances that we've walked through and that we've healed from, and he can actually allow us in the future to come alongside other people as they walk through difficult moments and help lead them through. Now, the interesting thing here is that Priscilla and Aquila, they chose this second option. And that's precisely why they became such great mentors for Paul and many young leaders that would follow them. See, they had walked through difficult seasons. They'd experienced great loss. They knew what it was like to lose a community. They grieved that loss, but they stewarded it well as well by continuing to firmly trust God, even through a devastating situation. And as a result, because they have allowed God to heal the deep pain of leaving behind their beloved home and their community, they're now ready and positioned for God to use their new home to birth a new faith community. See, never forget, friends, that God can take anything, even our greatest pain, and he can make something beautiful out of it in both our lives and for his kingdom if we let him. You see, even during their most difficult moments, as Aquila and Priscilla walked away from the home that they loved, unsure if they'd ever return home again, God was already preparing a path for them. He was already at work on a plan to bring good from a very evil and unfair situation. See, God was already providing and preparing new opportunities in their next chapter. So here they arrive in Corinth and they set up a shop and shortly after they meet Paul and they hit it off right away. I wonder, have you ever experienced that feeling when you meet someone for the very first time and things just click? Maybe you have common interests, maybe common goals, maybe a common sport that you do, a common activity, maybe a common life experience that you've walked through, whatever that something in common is, it just makes it easy to start up a friendship. Well, that's exactly what happened with Priscilla and Aquila and Paul. They discovered quickly that they had some common interests. The first was that they had the same career. They were all tent makers. Secondly, they were all followers of Jesus, which gave them plenty of things in common. And so from that point on, a quick friendship develops. Now, we know that Paul came to Corinth for the primary reason of spreading the gospel and building the church. But practically, he needed some money. He needed an income. And certainly, he needed a roof 
over his head. And so very quickly we see that Priscilla and Aquila decide to open up their home to Paul and also offer him a job so that he can earn an income alongside of them. See, Aquila and Priscilla, it seems they have the gift of hospitality, which is interesting because great mentors are often hospitable. Great mentors are hospitable. Now, I'm going to pause here for a second. I'm going to add some color to this because many of us probably would say, you know what, I don't have the gift of hospitality. It's just not in my gift mix. I can see that person has it and, and my wife has it or my husband has it or my sister has it, but I don't have the gift of hospitality. But being hospitable goes way beyond opening up your home and providing a table of delicious food. See, being hospitable describes the, actually the type of person that you are. Being hospitable means opening up your life and giving what you have. We're told that Aquila and Priscilla had a tent-making company that could provide Paul an income, so they offered that to him. They had a room in their house that could provide Paul a roof over his head, so they offer it to him. They had walked through hard times and grew their faith in it and their trust in God through the difficulties that they had walked through. So they offered that to Paul as well. See, this is what it means to be hospitable, being willing to open up your life to another person, being available to invest in and make them feel comfortable enough and welcomed in your presence. See, this is what great mentors do. They make themselves available and they offer what they have. Which brings us to our third point. Great mentors make themselves available. They just say, I'm available. See, Aquila and Priscilla, they made their home available for Paul to live in. They made their company available for him to work at. They made their lives available to invest into Paul's life. And when the time came to plant a church, they made their home available to host the services. What a blessing they must have been to Paul in that season. I can imagine that each night after they would host services in their home, Aquila and Priscilla probably would sit down at the table with Paul and they would spend time encouraging him. It probably went something like this. What an amazing message you gave Paul tonight. Oh, it was incredible. It's so exciting to see so many new people joining us. Did you see that mother come with her two young children or that older gentleman who has just arrived in the city? See, their words around the dinner table in his life would have been life-giving to Paul. Now, I'm sure there were some difficult moments that followed some of those services because church planting is just not easy. And during those moments, when Paul must have felt overwhelmed by the weight of the leadership that was on him, I can imagine that Aquila and Priscilla probably sat him down and encouraged him. I'm sure they'd recall to him the difficult times that they had went through, to encourage him, maybe the devastating journey that they had walked away from Rome. But I'm sure that they also celebrated the faithfulness of God and how he had led them through it. I'm sure they reminded him, God has been faithful to lead us before Paul. He has provided for us before Paul. He is going to do it again. See, we know that their mentorship made all the difference in those days because Paul mentions it often in his writings, how thankful he was for them. 
Aquila and Priscilla are the kind of mentors that our world needs today. They're the kind of mentors that our church family needs today. And Aquila and Priscilla are actually the kind of mentors that you and I should strive to be today. But how do we do that? Like, should I just go open up my house and invite somebody to come live with us? I don't know, maybe. Should I offer a job to someone who's new in the city so I can start a mentoring relationship with them and teach them more about Jesus? Maybe. What does a mentoring relationship even look like in 2022? These are some questions I've been asking myself. And if you're asking them along with me, I have two answers for you today. And the first one is this. Find a mentor. Find a mentor. See, if I were to ask you today if you have a mentor, stats would tell me that 37% of us would say that we do. But I would argue that is too low. See, God has designed us to need each other. We need relationships with other people. And mentorship is actually a really great tool that God can use to take us from one spot that we're in and bring us to the next stage that he wants to lead us into. The truth is that we all need mentors, not just kids. But how do we find them? Well, today, if you find yourself without a mentor, if you're not one of those 37%, you say, ah, Pastor Jessica, I don't have a mentor. Here's two things you want to look for when you're looking for a mentor. The first one you want to look for is look for healthy, healed hearts. You want to find people who are life-giving. See, life should flow from them, and it really should flow from their words as well. The way your mentor talks is the way that you probably will learn to talk. So you want to learn to look for someone who actually speaks life into situations. You want to find someone who is an encourager, someone who, like Priscilla and Aquila, when life gets tough, they're going to stand in your corner and they're going to encourage you and also point your eyes back to God. See, when looking for a mentor, you want to find someone who is able to share with you about their past, but paired with lessons that they have learned along the way. You don't want someone grumbling about their past constantly. You want someone who can share what they have learned from the difficult seasons that they've walked through. Their stories, even if they're difficult, should still sound hopeful. You want to look for someone who's more seasoned in an area than you are. So if you're looking to grow in your career, what you want to do is you actually want to look for someone who's ahead of the game in the career than you are. That's the kind of mentor you want to find. The same is true with our faith. We need to choose faith mentors who are where we want to be in our relationship with God. We want to look for people who have walked through difficulties, but who can talk about them with healed hearts because they've stewarded that grief that they've walked through really, really well. The second thing you want to look for is look for common ground. Now, this does not mean that your mentor has to be exactly like you. See, one of my current mentors is a retired man in his late 60s. Obviously, we're at very different stages in our life. But what we do have in common is our career paths. We also have in common my desire to grow in leadership and his experience in leadership. And finally, we have in common our desire to impact the world with God's love. So we have plenty of things to talk about. He has plenty of things to invest into my life. If you're looking for a faith mentor, 
a great place maybe to find one is actually in one of our community groups here at the church. See, community groups are groups of like-minded people, people who are also on a faith journey, people who love Jesus, and people who have walked through difficult seasons with a community surrounding them. See, that's important because they've walked through it and they have allowed God to heal their hearts. See, community groups are great places to find mentors to invest in your life. We're really excited because in the fall, we're actually launching a community group for business professionals called Leader Impact. Now, this group is going to pair young professionals with older seasoned professional mentors. And these mentors are going to come alongside of these young professionals and mentor them both in their faith journey and their careers. So if you find yourself today without a mentor, if you'd say, Pastor Jessica, I don't have a mentor. I don't even know how to find one. This fall might be a great time for you to join a community group and look for a mentor. The second final thought I have for you today is this one. Parents, we need to strategically choose mentors for our children. We need to strategically choose who will have influence in our lives. If you have kids between the ages of three and 12 years old, I want you to listen to me. You are in the prime spot to pick mentors for your children's lives. These are the years where your voice is loud and influential in your child's life. And we all know this, there will come a time where other voices are gonna compete for influence in their lives. So the time is now to secure life mentors for them. Each time Skip and I sign our children up for a program, any program, sports, music, whatever have you, we look at it as an opportunity to select a mentor for them. See, I'm already gonna be paying for a service when I put them in a program. Why wouldn't I steward my money wisely by choosing someone who can help them grow in both their skill, but also their character? So we take a close look at who will be their coach, who will be their music teacher, who will be their therapist, who will be their tutor, because we know that we're handing over influence to these people. Parents, during these younger years, we have the opportunity to build a strong base of mentors for our kids' lives, people who will be positioned to speak into their lives in the future. At this stage, you have the opportunity to choose who your child will form bonds with. That's an incredible gift. You won't always have it. We know that so much of all the things that they do, all the extracurricular activities, they go beyond the sport or the activity. These coaches, these therapists, these leaders, they're becoming the influencers that will help shape character inside of our kids. So we need to choose that really, really well. Now, before accepting my position here at the church, we actually brought our children to meet our next-gen team lead, who is Steph Jones. Now, Skip and I, we felt really confident that God was leading us to this church and calling us to pastor here. And we were so excited to join the team, but we knew that we couldn't fully commit until our kids had met the person that was going to pastor them. See, I needed to know as a parent that she would be a good influence on my children's lives that she and her team would be able to capable and be able to speak into their lives when they would face difficulties and challenges. 
I needed to know that I could trust their voices, realizing that a time is soon coming when their voices may carry more weight than our own. Well, I'm happy to say that that meeting did seal the deal for us. See, Steph and her team are an except, do an exceptional job of connecting with the kids and students at One Church TO. They love our kids. They are invested into the lives of your kids and your students, which parents, it leads me to talk to you parents who have junior high and teenage kids. Please hear my heart in this because it comes from years of experience. I've been a youth pastor for a long, long time. If you are not dropping your students off at junior high and youth, you are missing a prime opportunity to secure mentors in their lives. You see, you want people to be invested into your children's lives because there is going to come a time when you're going to depend on other people to speak wisdom into their lives. Now, I said, Skip and I were youth pastors for over 10 years. I know the excuses. I've heard them all. My kid doesn't want to come out. My kid doesn't have any friends there. My kid doesn't relate to anybody in that youth group. I've asked them to go, but they just tell me no. My kid is so busy with school, with extracurricular activities. We're so busy. We'll try next week. You know what? It's so hard to drop them off. It's hard to go and drop them off at the church and then come back on the very same night. Do you know the price of gas is just so high? Listen to me, parents of junior highs and teenagers. You have a short window to connect your kids to the life of a church. You do not want to miss it. The same parents who gave me those excuses as to why their teens couldn't come out to youth group are the same parents who now contact me and Skip and ask us to pray for their young adult and adult children who are not serving the Lord. Do not miss the opportunities to secure faith mentors in your children's lives at this stage when they are teenagers. You need to bring your kids to church because there is a team of staff and volunteers who are willing and able and ready to invest, to step into your student's life and make an incredible impact as a mentor. Now this past week, one of our beloved seniors from our church family took her last breath here on this earth and she was welcomed into the arms of Jesus. This is Evelyn Bowers. Evelyn Bowers served at One Church TO for many years in many different capacities, but she was one of those faithful Sunday school teachers who showed up each week to invest in the lives of children, many of whom have now grown up to be leaders in our city, in our church, in our country. See, she was a mentor to many people, and we rejoice today that she has now gained the rewards of her years of investment into eternal things. As I was preparing for this weekend's gathering, a young adult from our congregation named Hannah sent me a note. Now, this is Hannah. You're going to recognize Hannah because she leads worship here at One Church TO. And as I was thinking about how we would close this teaching today, I thought it might be fitting to share Hannah's note with you because it's so beautifully illustrates why mentorship matters. This is what Hannah writes about her Sunday school teacher, 
Evelyn Bowers. She says, Evelyn was my Sunday school teacher as a kid. I still sing the songs that she taught us. They're still fresh in my memory. I'm now 23, and I still use the strategies that she taught me how to read the Bible. Evelyn Bowers loved and faithfully served Jesus. Evelyn always comes to my mind when I read this verse from Psalm 71, verse 18, which says this, So even in old age and gray hairs, O God, do not abandon me. Let me proclaim your power to the new generation, your mighty miracles to all who will come after me. And Hannah ends her note by saying this, I'm so thankful to the Lord for the impact that Miss Bowers made in my life. You see, mentorship matters, friends. Investing our life matters. Evelyn knew this to be true, and so she chose to invest her life into the lives of other people. Faithfully teaching and leading the next generation to understand who Jesus is and equipping them with tools that they would need to serve him in the future. The truth is that when we use our lives to encourage and invest in others, when we take up that call to become mentors, this is how we make a difference in the kingdom of God and in the lives of those who are following us. See, Evelyn's impact lives on in the lives of her many students who now invest themselves into the lives of those who follow them. Just as Aquila and Priscilla's impact lived on in the life of Paul and the other young leaders that they chose to pour their lives into. And just as my impact and your impact can live on beyond our years here on this earth. So let's strive to be Evelyn's. Let's strive to be Priscilla and Aquila's for the generation that is following us. And let's do this by stewarding our grief really well by choosing to open up our lives to those who are around us and by allowing God to use our lives to make a big impact that will be, live beyond our years to the ones who are following in our footsteps. Let's pray. God, we are so thankful that you created us for relationship. You created us to need each other, God. God, we're so thankful that you have given us the gift of each other, and the gift of this community. And so right now, God, I pray for those of us who are walking through difficult seasons, tough circumstances that are filled with pain and grief, God. Would you lead us to places of healing in this next season? We ask that you would bring strong mentors around us that would encourage us, God, as we continue to walk on the path that you are laying down for our feet. God, help us to steward our grief well, in difficult seasons, so that you might be able to use it in the future to encourage those who may follow us one day. And God, I want to thank you. I thank you for living examples like Evelyn, like Priscilla and Aquila, God, who encourage us today that we can step up for the next generation just like they did. Would you give us the courage, God? Would you help us to open up our lives and invest in those who are around us? Help us to do it well, God, so that the people and the kids and the students that you have blessed our lives with might see you in us as we lead them. Thank you, Father. 
Amen. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.